0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the What Is Money Show. I'm sitting down today with my friend Knut Svonholm. Knut is the author of two Bitcoin books, and he's currently working on a third. Knut man, this has been a long time coming. Thanks for coming on and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Robert. I, I love your show and I, I watch it as, as much as I can. I, I find it find your Discussions with interesting people, interesting.
0: <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. I'm glad you're finding it valuable. Um, could you please tell us the title of your first two books and the third one that you're working on?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the first proper book I wrote was uh, is called uh, "Bitcoin Sovereignty Through Mathematics," and the second one is called "Bitcoin Independence Reimagined," and the third one I'm working on right now will be titled uh bitcoin everything there is divided by 21 million
0: beautiful i see the shirt representing the everything divided by 21 million (laughs) uh i have one of those myself too i think it's a great great meme great logo uh that you originated i believe
1: yeah it's from an article i wrote called deeper down the rabbit hole which turned into a little animated video and uh the rest is history. Now, now it's a it's a day as well, a Bitcoin Infinity Day on the 21st of August oh, each year. Uh, nice. You're supposed to stack. the The thing with that day is you you celebrate the uh, possibility. Uh, let's call it a possibility that Bitcoin will eventually eat the entire world economy by stacking 21 times your normal daily stack. <laughs> so, uh, so <laughs> whatever that mm. is. You, you stack 21 times as much on the 21st of August.
0: Well, that, I didn't know about that, but that will now be probably my most expensive shopping day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
1: and uh, it's been uh, um, immortalized in a um, art piece, a brilliant art piece by Fractal Encrypt. If you mm. saw that, he, he made uh, Bitcoin Infinity Keys yeah, public keys and private keys that he auctioned out on scarce.city and the uh, the the um, uh, private key number eight out of twenty one, he only made twenty one of them. Uh, that sold for one point zero five Bitcoin, which was wow. around sixty seven thousand dollars at the time.
0: Wow! So, uh, yeah, incredible. Yeah, no, his work is excellent. Um, I've seen his yeah his other artwork. I think Sailor has one. Uh, yep. our friend lewis over at Mimesis capital has one so yeah he does really good work
1: it's it's the co- on the cover for my second book oh like, it is i i, I have That's a long right, story yeah. with fractal you know he i saw my the title of my first book on on the full node statue mm. and uh, i i uh, tweeted at him and uh, asked him if he heard about it and he said yeah i was listening to it while making the statue so mm. <laughs> hmm. so after that we've We've, we've collaborated a couple of times, and uh, looking forward to meeting him in Miami later this year.
0: Very cool. Oh, so you'll be in Miami?
1: Yeah, that's the plan. Anyway, awesome. If not the uh, our uh, overlords stop it
0: somehow. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing you there. Um, yeah, well, yeah. You've you've written some great works. I've I've read your first two books. Clearly, I haven't read your third yet. It's not out yet. Um, but I really, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed is that you just took a lot of novel angles on Bitcoin. It was much more of a philosophy book than it was, you know, pure economic or computer science focused. Um, it had both of those elements in them, but it was more, seemed to be more, more of a philosophical work. Is that how you describe your books as well?
1: Yeah. And that's uh, when I wrote the first two, I didn't have any plan or anything. I Mm. just felt like writing and, uh, well, the story is I wrote articles before I wrote the first book. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, I, why don't I make these articles into a book? And so I did that, and, but that then that book was the only one attached to, with my name attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I thought I better write a proper book so, so I have something to be proud of. So I did that. Uh, I promised myself to write a page a day for a year and mm-hmm. the promise, I could keep the promise for 106 days and then I was done with it. Mm-hmm. And I just like, ah it'll be a short book but it feels done now so mm-hmm. so uh, so i published it and brought 50 of them to to Riga and gave them to some key people in bitcoin uh, baltic there in uh, 2019 hmm. and the rest is history i uh, i just kept on doing that and uh, now i'm doing bitcoin stuff full time so that's awesome it, it, to my amazement it worked and uh, yeah i like this philosophical angle because because it feels like uh, it's similar to 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 your angle uh, in many ways. Um, I think Bitcoin needs more philosophers because there's there's some really interesting stuff about like how time and morality and yeah. all sorts of things that connect to an absolutely scarce asset that is you know holds its value through space and time, uh-huh. an energy that d- does not lose value when you send it.
0: Yeah. No, I I completely uh, completely agree. And what you know, there's two things there. One, a lot of people ask me, how can they get into Bitcoin full time? Because once you get into Bitcoin, really get into Bitcoin, one of the first things you want to do is shed your fiat job and like be full time into Bitcoin. And that's a difficult transition for a lot of people. But I think the path you just described, I mean, that's what got me here. It's you really need to to write ultimately. I think you need falling down the Bitcoin rabbit hole involves a lot of reading, a lot of listening. I think you then need to take what you learn, filter it through your own lens in writing, and then my experience at least is once you start writing, people want to talk to you about what you wrote. So then you're reading, writing, talking, and that just starts to open doors. You know, and it, it opens doors continuously. Like people still come to me talking about things I wrote two, two, three years ago i'm sure it's the same for you
1: yeah yeah and and it's just and all you all i had to do was just start doing it exactly (laughs) that's that's the key and and like uh i I was inspired by when i started writing i was inspired by uh taleb's uh uh, Mm -hmm. skin in the game Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's why i didn't use a pseudonym or anything because in that book he describes how people who do great things or like if you want to be as good as you can at something Mm -hmm. you need to have something to lose um Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot in that because if you expose yourself and like uh you you don't become vulnerable you you become better because you need to be um and you need to really read up on stuff because you will end up in interviews and and, uh, you will have to answer hard questions uh, Mm -hmm. every now and then Mm -hmm. and so i'm I'm trying to do that i mean <laughs> we're all humans and we're all flawed uh and we all want to enjoy life too and not not just delve into books all day but <laughs> the b- being in this has certainly like awoken something inside me and uh, yes yeah some curious parts of my brain that i've been latent for too long
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i what i'd like to highlight again is it that- the path you laid out it's simple and that you really just need to get to work right you need to write the page a day or whatever your thing is it's a but it's not easy at all it's one of the hardest things i think writing is still the hardest thing i've ever done like it's so difficult i haven't managed yeah. to write a book yet so I, i'm not even on your level it's well your article two of your articles are are my uh,
1: among my top five articles in bitcoin ever and that's uh, masters and slaves of money and uh, uh, bitcoin and the number zero
0: oh thank you so much uh,
1: uh i i love them and uh bitcoin and the number zero uh, was in, partly inspired one of the chapters in the new book because oh, i goodness. described bitcoin as element zero on the periodic table ah interesting because it's an element without mass uh it's <laughs> interesting. it's a re- reverse engineered chemical element wow oh, yeah. I, look,
0: I really look forward to reading that um the second thing I wanted to echo here is you know your your statement that we need more philosophy and/or philosophers in Bitcoin I agree I think is very important because the way I see it is Bitcoin is shattering worldviews, like everything you thought you knew about the world once you start studying Bitcoin and going down the rabbit hole, forget about it like it breaks things right it breaks the thing you thought you knew the the perspective you thought you had fashioned and created over time that made a lot of sense on whatever, on government or on money, you know, all these different things, Bitcoin's probably going to break that. And so if we define philosophy as like this inquiry into the fundamental nature of things, the visualization I have is like, people have a worldview, Bitcoin's shattering all or parts of it. People then need to reestablish their anchor points to reality, right? They need to ask why to get to the bottom of things and rebuild their worldview so that's what i mean that is the role of philosophy and i think that's why it's so important in bitcoin
1: yeah but but then again uh once you get it and once you once you see what it does to your worldview and like uh, how many old uh, things you have to relearn Mm -hmm. it it it's easier way easier to understand reality and why reality is the way it is and especially human societies why they are the way they are it's much easier to see through through the curtain and see the man behind it and who is pulling the strings and why it it all starts to make sense once once you see inflation as the uh, inflationary currency as the main problem in the world yes. uh, uh th- that's that's like key here yeah. and and you can and bitcoin like pointed out that we've never had anything that was absolutely scarce and absolutely divisible at the Mm -hmm. same time before Mm -hmm. and teleportable. So, so we haven't been able to trade to a hundred percent yet. There's Mm -hmm. never been a free market until this happened. And, and that's, uh, that's like, yeah, it changes the way you look at everything.
0: Yeah. It's mind blowing. And I, you know, the new view I have on this is, we could almost say that civilization itself didn't really start until Bitcoin (laughs) because we always had, as we were talking offline, again, if your tax rate is 100%, then you are by definition a slave, right? All the fruits of your labor go to someone else, go to a tax authority. Well, today we all have some tax burden. We all have some percentage effective tax rate. So everyone in the world is some percentage of a slave to the state. Yep. and it's all because we didn't we don't have Bitcoin right Bitcoin is what fixes all that is this which is something we want to get into now like it's the ultimate property ultimate form of ownership
1: yeah the um, first form of ownership even even yeah that, that reminds me of one of my most popular tweets ever was exactly that Bitcoin is not a threat to civilization it's the beginning of civilization mm, or, uh, this, to civilized society the beginning yeah. of civilized society uh, uh, <laughs> anyway uh, yeah, to your point there about slavery, I, you can also view it as a partial death sentence mm-hmm. uh, since someone is stealing your time. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I, I get into in the book, like the, the importance of time and the scarcity of time, how that mm-hmm. drives everything. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the limitations of the, of your days on this earth is what gives your life value mm-hmm. and meaning. Uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing else. If you If you were immortal and indestructible so you would live forever Mm -hmm. then you could always postpone every every action till later Mm -hmm. and then you wouldn't have to take any action and you wouldn't have to interact with other people at all and you wouldn't have to do anything you wouldn't have to make any moral decisions you wouldn't have to make (laughs) there would be no value in in anything no trade-offs and uh which means that everything would have an infinitely low value. Mm-hmm. And when you have a, a strictly limited amount of time, everything can have a, a theoretical limitless value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bitcoin is the perfect reflection of that since it's absolutely scarce and we have to share them um, amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, amongst each other, um, then they there is a potential for them to become infinitely, infinitely valuable valuable to, mm-hmm. To at least one person i mean value mm. is a subjective thing this is the core insights uh, right that, that that leads you down the rabbit hole
0: yeah it really is interesting and you know i think this concept of property itself is something that's so misunderstood in the world that you know typically you say the word property and at least in the us people immediately think real estate they just yeah. think it's land, right? And then they think there's almost like this blind spot where it's like, oh yeah, you just own the house. Like, of course, I have the piece of paper that says I own the house. They don't understand the mechanics behind that. Like yeah. what enforces the, your property right in that property? And it's not just land, it can be anything. So this idea that property is not a thing, it's the relationship between the owner and the thing. And that relationship is preserved yeah at the leisure of the state. And this is true for every form of property other than bearer assets, right? Something you can hold and defend and secure. Yep. Um, That's very important because then the screwed up thing is you have the state in charge of preserving property rights but then it's also almost oxymoronic because itself preys on those property rights. It's like the thing that it's charged, it's, it's reason for existence. It turns around and consumes its own seed crop or something, if you will. And that's why I think it's just been this. We've had this civilizational boom and bust across history um, that hopefully Bitcoin fixes.
1: Yeah. And uh, I know that you know that it goes even deeper than that, that uh, reality is the relationship between objective reality and our subjective thoughts. Mm -hmm. what What we experience is the relationship between those two. Mm. and you can't even know to which extent one creates the other mm-hmm. right. you, you can't you know know if if what's in here is measuring something out there yes. or if it's creating something out there you right. cannot know uh to which extent that happens and you uh like Rene descartes said i think therefore i am mm-hmm. that's that's like a core uh a, a good starting point so mm-hmm. you, the only thing you can actually know is that's someone is thinking some entity is thinking something somewhere yeah because the the, the thought itself is proof of the thought's existence but mm-hmm. it's not proof of anything else but that right so that's um i i tried to lay this out in the book and i'm thinking a lot about it and trying to form some some uh <laughs> well <laughs> i'm trying to make it not too new ages ish yeah. but more praxeological uh praxeologically correct mm. and as i view it there uh, there are, your brain sees these other entities that seem to function the way you function, mm-hmm. like other human beings mm-hmm. that they behave as if they if their brains operate in the same way that your yours does, that before you do anything, there's a value judgment in your head you mm-hmm. you, you, you put that thing that you want to do on top of the list of things mm-hmm. you want to do, and then you do it. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to take a sip of this glass of water, mm-hmm. I do. But if I want to keep on talking, I do that instead. Mm-hmm. So now, keep on talking, came higher in my va- personal yes. value hierarchy. Yeah, and you see these other entities, other other people, and they behave as if they have these value hierarchies too. Mm-hmm. Now, now you can interact with these other beings in two mm-hmm. ways. You can in, um, interact with them voluntarily or forcefully mm-hmm. so so you can you can in effect trade with them or use violence against them
2: mm-hmm.
1: there there is really nothing else there's mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the exchange of information which is trade by the way we're trading with each mm-hmm. other right now we're exchanging right. information and not only information we, we, we are exchanging a lot of things by just looking at each other mimesis look at your, yeah yeah uh, so there's so much you, you can you can extrapolate information from just listening to my dialect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can I can see the art piece behind you there and start drawing conclusions which are probably wrong. But anyway, mm-hmm. the there, the the point is there's a, a, a plethora of of trading going on whenever mm-hmm. we interact with another person. And Uh, like i said the two ways we have to interact is uh, the violent way and the non-violent way Mm -hmm. Um, and the non-violent way is of course the civilized way Mm -hmm. and uh, bitcoin takes away the the profit motive to a large extent from from the violent way Mm -hmm. and this is why i think it's so so beautiful and so so uh like why I can't stop thinking about it because it will right. make the world such a be- better place that we we can't even f- even fathom uh, the 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 beginning of what this is. It's it's removing uh, the, the the need to to act in violent ways or forceful ways with others.
0: Yeah, uh, no, so I that, I agree yeah. completely, and it's um that's what we've been locked into through. Pretty much our entire existence and it's also what we've we've been trying to evolve beyond right with these concepts like rule of law um, you know other means of non-violent dispute resolution you know arbitration all these things because violence ultimately is expensive it's expensive and risky to both parties so it makes economic sense to to get beyond it right and we've we've made a lot of Headway actually, right we're much less violent than we were as cave people, presumably, but Bitcoin is like that that ultimate incentive to really take us to like we said, the next level of civilization or perhaps even the beginning of civilization itself. so one thing I'd like to throw out here is like you make the point all action is an expression of value like you can't even avoid it you can't again, you can't know it in others, but we know in ourselves, we're making a value judgment, and then we act according to that value judgment. Um, I have, you should probably check out this series I've been doing with Mike Hill on the book Lila.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard you talk about that book a lot, and I'm planning to read it. Uh, I haven't looked at that yet. I've, I've seen your Hillebrand series, which I recommend to absolutely everyone in the world, and a couple of others. The one with that, uh, I don't remember his name now, but the uh, another guy that talks about um John Verve, yeah, 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 and yeah, that's an interesting guy too.
0: Yeah. we got from Verveki actually is the term transjective, which is yeah, the it, relationship between or I get it's I don't know if it's the relationship between subject object. It's almost like something transcendent of subject object. The example Verveki gave was adaptation. like is adaptation? objective or is it subjective it's like well yeah it's subjective to the extent that the conscious agent is choosing what to do and is being influenced by their environment but it's objective in the sense that the environment has a real effect on the subjective decisions of the agent so adaptation yeah. as a phenomenon is something that is, is neither objective nor subjective it's transjective it's something yeah. and he makes this deeper point that all identity even arises it's co-determining like to be a dancer you have to be dancing yeah and to have an arena that is a dance floor then it has to be danced upon so there's this interesting thing where i think subject object gives us blind spots and we go into that the person goes into yeah. that in his book and we just explore it yeah um, yeah
1: i i i heard that and the a transjective is a is a an in a fascinating word mm-hmm. i i like the word intersubjective mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. uh uh, Yuval Noah Harari lays out in Sapiens, mm-hmm. which is a book I didn't like very much, <laughs> but 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 I like that idea, mm-hmm. uh, and how intersubjective, uh, fantasies or whatever you may call them is the very thing that that uh elevated humans above all other species yes. in Earth. because we could that made us. Uh, able to form groups larger than Dunbar's number which is the maximum of connections you can have in your head like the maximum Mm. amount of people you can know Mm -hmm. if you look at bonobos or chimpanzees they they very rarely form groups larger than 150 individuals
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: but we could because we could imagine that there was a god to begin with or Mm -hmm. uh, uh, an afterlife and Mm -hmm. as soon as there was ceremonial barrier and an afterlife the sociopath, sociopath leaders uh, could fool the, the the young eighteen year olds of the of the village to go to war to the and and wage war on the, the tribe next doors and, uh, next door and kill them all, and uh, a, a great reward would await them in heaven. Hmm. So so in that sense, by 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 fooling people that their time wasn't limited, uh, that they had an afterlife to look forward to. They could dilute the value of uh, of their, their, the perceived value of their lives so that they would give their lives up for this supposed higher cause. Interesting. (laughs) And uh, I I find that so scary because every appeal to authority or a higher power or a higher higher cause in this sense is by itself diluting the value of. Hmm your subjective meaning of life you you can decide for yourself what the meaning of your life is Mm -hmm. you don't need someone else to tell you that (laughs) like like terry pratchett said said the the problem with an open mind is that people would come along and try to put stuff in it so (laughs) so uh yeah and i always say uh, an open mind is isn't worth anything if you're not intellectually honest and uh that, that that can require you to to slay a lot of Old ideas that you had. and um, yeah, no, nowadays I view like the idea of an afterlife as existential inflation, if you will, mm. like uh, how and while it probably gave a lot of people hope, uh, uh, that there was no way of proving if that hope was real or not, but the, the their leaders could use that belief in other people. Mm-hmm. For their own, uh, to reach their own ends. Mm-hmm. To them, it was a means to an end, mm. and uh, the the ends always justify the means. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, I I think what the central banks are doing today is effectively the same thing, but they lure, lure us into believe that we can reach uh, a higher state of being or happiness here and now in in our own lifetime. If we just use their money and take the new loan and like mm-hmm. uh, keep using this keep staying in the fiat hamster's wheel mm-hmm. if you will and it's it's basically the same thing it's uh everything that controls other people starts by diluting the value of uh what what that person thinks of. Uh, his life like his time here on earth Mm -hmm. it's a a regular fiat job is that too if if you you get paid this sum every month if you just stay in this office for eight hours a day Mm -hmm. eight hours a day is a long time and most people should probably quit their jobs and start valuing their time higher Mm -hmm. than that (laughs) because even if you have a high salary it's probably not what your true worth is Everyone is worth something to, to someone else. You just need to find, find your, your specific purpose. And it's more valuable than you think. Yeah, I firmly believe that.
0: I agree with that completely. And uh, it's bad. It's almost like we've conditioned ourselves to live in some form of captivity in this corporate office environment, at least you know, largely in the U.S., um, You know, I've walked that path, actually. I did the CFO thing for a while and earned a high salary and all that. And it's not, it does not make you happier. It makes it worse. You know, you're just, you're not, you're, you're neglecting parts of your humanity. I think walking that, that job or walking that line rather. So to that lens you're talking about, I mean, I guess this is almost like patriotism or nationalism is some kind of false god because that's what we have people giving their life for today right
1: yeah and this is uh, i i used to be a very <laughs> militant atheist but i've i've come to uh appreciate the uh, the christian view of of uh, the state a lot more after reading uh libertarian literature mm. um but but I, I still think there's something missing because I, I um I, I can understand the argument that democracy is just another religion and probably the worst religion because mm. if your worship is towards some invisible guy in the sky, at least at least it doesn't affect other people that much. Mm. But if your if your worship is you worship whatever a popularity contest said was the the the, the perfect can- candidate for governing you then that has a, a lot of negative effects on on your fellow man mm-hmm. uh which is what we're living in now and i i believe all democracies are doomed in the long run because mm-hmm. collectivists will win elections mm-hmm. elections by themselves are a an immoral thing mm. uh if you if you uh, so, so yeah to to, to uh to get back to the the thing about uh religion there is uh, uh yeah i many christians say that uh, as soon as you remove religion people will worship something else and that mm-hmm. is worse and that's why stalin and stuff happened mm-hmm. uh but i think i still have hope that there's a way for people to find their own spirituality if you will mm-hmm. or their own purpose their own meaning without being influenced by any um uh fiction uh, mm. be it religious, organized religion or or organized crime or organized government which are <laughs> uh, to me all those three are very similar mm. so yeah so you um,
0: believe do you believe then just in total i would assume if you're a libertarian to some extent you just you agree with freedom of religion right people can just believe whatever they want
1: absolutely
0: yeah so that's where i'm at it's like you don't it shouldn't even be a matter of political consideration whatsoever it's like people should be free to discover whatever moral code and or useful fiction suits them and yeah that's it
1: (laughs) Just don't try to shove it down my kids' throats. Exactly. That's, that's, right. uh, that's the basic thing. Do whatever, believe whatever you want, te- tell your kids whatever you want. Yeah. Just don't enforce it on other people. Yeah. That, 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 that's, and that's back to property rights and morals. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we can boil all this, these conversations down to is that the, we're trying to, as libertarians and as free thinkers, we want to rid ourselves of as much violence and forceful coercion as possible. Mm-hmm. That is, that can never be a hundred percent achieved, but it should always be the the aim. Should always be that to mm-hmm. to 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 remove violence from the equation. Mm-hmm. And I think you agree with me to a hundred percent on that. Like well, it, so, yeah.
0: of course, yeah, it makes everyone richer and more satisfied, frankly. Yeah.
1: And if you think about it morals and ethics it's easy everyone knows it from their schoolyard years Yeah. when you were at the school you're playing with the other kids you knew that it was bad to take something from them and you knew that it was bad to beat them up mm-hmm. and the kids who who did were called bullies and uh, nobody liked them
0: and they grew up to become politicians
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, what 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 you never reflected over when you were in your school years were uh, was who built the school. Why did they build it? Why did they force you, uh, take you away from your parents and put you in this prison for eight hours a day? Why did they do that?
0: Hey, everybody. As you've no doubt learned by watching this show, Bitcoin is the single most important asset you can own in the 21st century. And one of the most important companies in Bitcoin today is Nidig. NIDIG's mission is to get Bitcoin into the hands of as many people as possible. One of the ways they are accomplishing this mission is by empowering banks and financial technology companies to offer their own Bitcoin products and services. As a true game changer in the industry, NIDIG is safely unlocking the power of Bitcoin for forward-thinking individuals and institutions alike. Led by Robbie Gutman, Yin Zhao, and Ross Stevens, NIDIG has absolutely exploded onto the Bitcoin scene recently and has quickly become a leader in this space. So, whether you are a professional investor looking for asset management services or a company looking to white label your own Bitcoin product or service, consider NIDIG your single source solution for everything Bitcoin.
1: Everyone knows what's moral and what's ethical in in their school years but uh, but they rarely reflect on on why they're there in the first place and uh, this uh, a, an immoral system put them there um, mm-hmm. a, a popularity contest every four years doesn't make theft or coercion more moral mm-hmm. uh, that's just n- not how it is and uh, I view politics on a uh, on a scale from... If you put a, if you have an origo in the middle as zero point, all politics are to the left of that, uh, because you 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 can't do any politics without financing them some as, somehow, and mm-hmm. all the the state gets all its money from coercing people into paying. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a a Patreon or anything like that, mm-hmm. or <laughs> mm-hmm. like uh, a Kickstarter, like. Uh, wouldn't that be great a world with voluntary government financed by kickstarter or or the likes of kickstarter might maybe kickstarter is a bad example it's like the myspace of crowdfunding these days right (laughs) Uh, anyway where were
0: we no it's excellent point and i'm reminded of that nietzsche quote that i love because he just sums it all up nietzsche I think he said he philosophizes with a hammer. So like some of his sentences are just really powerful. And this is one of them. He says, everything the state has is stolen. Everything it says is a lie. Yeah. I'm like, that pretty much sums it up. Like we, you know, we monopolize force. Um, really, it's just the victor, right? It's whoever's emerged victorious through some armed struggle, then yeah. extracts tribute from the vanquished yeah and we've just been conditioned under that as like you know that is the normal way of things in the world so you just you're born onto some piece of land that someone conquered and you need to pay the conqueror tribute and we call it taxation <laughs> it's crazy
1: yeah uh, and just a disclaimer here if anyone is watching who is not a hardcore libertarian <laughs> <laughs> uh that bitcoin can can make uh, you get to try libertarianism with with Bitcoin mm. because you can you can really uh, I wouldn't use the word circumvent, but you can you can stop giving a shit about but these forceful interactions and and start using Bitcoin instead to a certain extent. You don't need to do it to a hundred percent. you can mm. just put put some, get off zero, put some in Bitcoin mm. and try it out. See how much better it is. You know, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. You 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 just effectively are immunizing yourself from the opinions or whims of others. And you know what what else could it mean to be free, other yeah. than to to live independent of other people's value judgments, right? To live a life in accordance with your own value judgments. Exactly. Um,
1: and yeah. and to 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 have a proper ruler. To, with which you can measure other people's value mm. judgments right because that's the tricky part economics is is not an exact science it's not a science at all in that sense because value is really subjective to to each person and to each second of that person's life and mm. it's only a, applicable to scarce things and uh, we, we have no way of knowing what other people want except for if they tell us what they want, or Mm. through a price signal, which is Mm -hmm. the market's way of showing you what people want. yes, And uh, that is why communism doesn't work. That's the main reason, because the pricing Mm. signal is fucked up. It's not an incentive problem. It's a pricing signal problem. It's an informational problem. Yes. And getting back to information, this is, oh, I I love deep deep diving into these rabbit holes, because Mm -hmm. information, uh, back to physics and chemistry here, if you you want. Uh, and element zero, mm-hmm. uh, it's an idea I got from, uh, a German bitcoiner called Jörg Hemstorff who made an excellent speech at, uh, the value of Bitcoin conference two years back mm-hmm. about, uh, and I, I took that and I, I crammed it into my new book. And the basic idea is, uh, uh, the, the chapter is called alchemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this it's a pretty long story but bear with me um the alchemists of old uh they uh they wished to f- f- they they were searching for a way to make gold from cheaper substances mm. um, so a cheap way to make gold what they didn't realize what was that uh in doing so they would have destroyed the value of gold mm. because the value of gold is connected to how How hard it is to find in the earth's crust, the stock to flow ratio, which every Bitcoiner knows about. Mm. Uh, So uh, gold has a high stock in comparison to the flow of new gold onto the markets. So the the very thing that makes it uh, expensive is that it's expensive to mine for new gold. Mm -hmm. Um, So what the alchemists should have been looking for is... Uh, they should have tried to reverse engineer an element instead and look for the properties of gold, mm. the properties that make gold good money. And there are a couple. Uh, uh, it needs to be a, uh, a, a stable element. Uh, it needs to have at least one stable isotope. And, uh, and it needs to be scarce. It needs to be divisible, and in in our day and age, it needs to be very light because we need we will need to transport it somehow cheaply mm-hmm. to other places and it will need to be able to bind energy uh, and it will be it would need to be hard to destroy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just imagine an element that looks like that what what is that element? well, if you if you zoom in on an atom they're made out of protons and neutrons and electrons right and the electrons are uh that's one of the fundamental particles that make up the universe and the protons and the neutrons are made up of fundamental particles too mm. and and these uh, in the quantum realm which is a strange place I, i'm not a physician uh, i a physicist uh mm. So I, I, I don't know that much about quantum mechanics, but I know a bit, and I know that these things behave very strangely, and that the the smallest fundamental particles uh, they 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 are all found uh, and the distance is called the Planck length. It's mm-hmm. it's the smallest distance we can measure, and the measurement is is just a one bit information thingy. Uh, a, 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 it's once it's measured, it becomes either a, a one or a zero, a yin or a yang, or a yes or no. Mm-hmm. So it's a one bit; it's an answer to a one bit question, basically. The, at the base layer of everything, mm-hmm. uh, and these things pop up uh, in the um, Higgs field, which mm-hmm. is an, a vast ocean of nothingness and particles that pop up everywhere, uh, and they, they're in a quibit state before we measure them. So they have a probability, uh, a higher probability of being in one of the states than the other, but they're not actually in one of these two states until we measure them. And uh, there's one theory, the many worlds theory, that says that each time uh, one of these particles decides if it's a one or a zero, a whole new universe is created. Mm. So that for every single decision of every single particle there's a, a new universe created in the multiverse huh. and which consists of like infinite numbers of but but there are differently sized infinities uh-huh. which is right. the, these concepts are so weird to to wrap your head around but um and it, it ties down to like <laughs> if If there wasn't a multiverse and if the universe as what we live in was deterministic, then we would have no free will. There would be no Mm -hmm. entropy and therefore no free will. Mm -hmm. Nothing would matter. And you could, you could, you could philosophize on this endlessly. You can think of your conscious as the timeline that survives the multiverse and that other versions of yourself branch off and die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, so there's a chance that you're living in a timeline that to you subjectively will go on forever <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's the one you survive in right uh, anyway I'm, I'm not trying to get all too new agey here but um uh, the, the 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 point is that uh, at the core of everything is information and a, a um so information is all we have mm-hmm. uh all the elements are information mm-hmm. And we can e- either use that productively and trade with each other uh, or or we, could, or we could destroy it. Anyway, we're back to... I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, Bitcoin, the element, would be... It would have to be... Um, so if you're looking for the properties of gold, you're looking for something that can bind energy, but uh, that requires a lot of energy to to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. It will have to survive things. So how would you do that? And the answer is like the, um, uh, the hashing algorithm and the difficulty adjustment and basically Bitcoin, because you, you, this would have to be an element without protons or, or neutrons, because it would have to be weightless so it can be moved around. Mm. So this is how you find element zero. It's, it will have to be a purely informational element mm. So the info, which, which in turn means that the information about the element is the element. So when you find the hash of a Bitcoin block, you, you have a proof that you've found the element, and that is the element. There is no difference between knowing and owning. Mm-hmm. So we've found a, a physical thing. That does not exist in physical reality
0: right which is just
1: mind-blowing right Uh, it's 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 something subjective that can manifest in the physical world Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that nothing nothing ever had before before it so uh, and in that sense uh, since it would be weightless it would be the lightest particle and it would be element zero on the periodic table because that's just because it's poetic, but, but anyway, <laughs> uh, and when you have an element like that, <laughs> everything gets turned on its head because there's, there's no link between subjective experience and objective reality, which is tang- tangible, which you can touch like uh, it's actually there and uh-huh. y- you can see it do its thing in reality and Mm -hmm. and this is what falling down the bitcoin rabbit hole is Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, experience it experiencing it firsthand which is what we're doing anyway
0: yeah wow that's a fascinating thesis on bitcoin i'd never heard before and it's um i think Gigi wrote a piece about this where like bitcoin is the first thing that the map actually is the territory
1: Exactly. Yeah. And he's a huge, huge inspiration too. Uh, I, I try to talk to him as often as I can, because, uh, I just love his way of thinking. And he, 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 had a conversation, I think it was with you about Bitcoin being akin to the speed of light, uh, in that, uh, the closer you get to the speed of light, the, the, the heavier you, you get. right, so right, like, right. yeah, yeah. There's an analogy to be made there as well.
0: To the difficulty adjustment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and to your point, I mean, this is the unification of digital and physical reality. Yeah, or we could say digital and analog, or discrete and continuous. It's it's interesting. It's like we almost opened a wormhole or something. It's um,
1: yeah, yeah we, and, it, and it seems so to only
0: be possible once, at least, at least yeah, exactly planet. The, this you know
1: the, yeah. It, this is uh, the distinction here. I, I I make this point as often as I can. This is a discovery. It's not an invention. Mm-hmm. It, it can only be done once, mm-hmm. because that's that's the thing. Like before Bitcoin, everything on, on a computer was copyable, mm-hmm. and it still is, by the way. Right. And that's that's so so. Con- just thinking about something that couldn't be copied in the informational realm is. Uh, it's like thinking of a time machine that can't yeah. work because it will create a lot of paradoxes. Right. And like when I, when I talk to you here, not, not just only because we're recording, but there is no way for me to send the information without copying the information. Right if i use my mouth and my tongue and my vocal cords yeah. i am effectively copying something from my yeah. brain and out into the so right. so there is no uh there is not nothing in reality that that can't be copyable <laughs> that can't be copied right uh, except for for bitcoin and that is because bitcoin is not a thing it's a it's an agreement between people that this mm-hmm. is these are our rules and these are the rules we play by and they are set in stone forever they're mm-hmm. fixed mm-hmm. Un- unless we all agree that they, are, that they aren't and that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. So, mm-hmm. so they are fixed in every practical sense of the word, they are fixed. And this is what makes it so unique because mm-hmm. it's just an agreement. And once you see it like that, it's just an agreement and it's a discovery. Uh, you you know, I hate to use the word, but uh, it really becomes inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and
0: uh Yeah yeah no i i there so it's all and this is my view here is well influenced by a lot of things i guess but it's all patterns right everything's pattern like if you say okay information is the primary substrate of the universe i would can i would modify that slightly and say it's data actually
1: yeah but that's the same thing to, to me that those are the same well words.
0: here's the difference in my mind is that Data becomes information once consciousness has patterned it. Once consciousness has, because you oh, can okay. have one man's information okay, be unknown use, to someone else. Okay,
1: okay right? but I'm I'm using information in the physics sense of the word, yes. and there it's exactly the same as data. Like, right. But you're right; information could be interpreted data. If yeah.
0: You want one of the ways I look at it is so the whole universe is pervaded by entropy. Yeah. And then once you once consciousness. Patterns that entropy into a way that it's somewhat predictable or, or yeah. um, understood, I guess the pattern of consciousness has now assimilated the pattern that it discovered in nature that becomes information. So information is like entropy flowing into from, from the unknown into the sphere of the known. Yeah, and there's a did great you, book on yeah. this called the information actually by James Gleick, uh, where he uh, describes that like information is surprise. Did, like, did you? Did you? Have, okay. When the data is surprising to you, it's informing you. But once you've established a pattern, right? If I know, um what's well, an example here? If you divide a certain number, I can't think of it right now, but you get the repeating decimal, right? Mm-hmm. It's like 1.67 forever. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the third seven is not informing you any more than the 43rd seven. So there's no new no, information no. there. Like you've already the pattern has been recognized. Yeah, yeah. Um so, yeah. anyways, it's it's um everything's pattern you know it's interacting patterns but bitcoin is really strange in that it's like we have we have created again back to this term like a useful fiction right we're playing we're kids playing imaginary and then we grow up playing imaginary only we use serious play and imaginary Mm -hmm. structures like you know this is covered in in sapiens in depth Nation states, human rights, civil liberties, money, all these useful fictions to scale human cooperation. Yeah. But the trick is to make those useful fictions as true as possible, or I guess um, embedded with as much truth as possible. Yeah. And Bitcoin seems to be that, right? It's like there's a useful fiction. Characterized by 100% veracity, effectively, like it's constantly—that's all it's doing. It's auditing itself all the time. It's throwing yeah. away dishonest blocks. It's reaching consensus. Um, and so it's like it's a pattern. We've created a pattern that's now independent of consciousness. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: uh, uh yeah. Uh. I would even say that we are it's a new life form and we're in a symbiotic relationship with it. Yeah. Uh, right. And, uh, it, and you can
0: define life form by the way, in the physics sense, any open yeah. system that imports energy yeah. and exports entropy. And that's exactly yeah, and, what Bitcoin's doing.
1: Yeah. And there's uh, the mycelium and Bitcoin article. There's mm-hmm. a chapter in my first book about this. Uh, many, many people have compared it to life form before mm-hmm. but I view it a bit differently these days because I, uh, did you see the venom movies with tom hardy
0: uh no i saw part <laughs> but, of it but not all of it yeah yeah it but you know good. what it's
1: about no no but uh, yeah it's it's about a, a an alien symbiote that, yes. that uh, becomes a part of him yeah. and they have this inner dialogue all the time and that's right. where the humor comes from yeah. uh but bitcoin is that uh, it's a symbiote <laughs> because it it enters your mind and the this i'm working on this chapter in the new book right now by the way about memetics and you, mm-hmm. you know that R- richard dawkins coined the word meme in in uh, the selfish gene in, mm-hmm. back in the 70s and how ideas uh have evolution uh, like follow evolutionary patterns yeah. just like genes do right and and uh, this is this ties into so much and why why bitcoin um uh, by Bitcoin, the, the coffee mug and Bitcoin, the t-shirt, Bitcoin, its users, Bitcoin, the technology, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. the network, Bitcoin, the, the token, Bitcoin, the, the Peter Schiff, Bitcoin, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all interconnected. And it's all, it's success as one fuels its success as the others,
2: mm-hmm.
1: as all the others, because it's all part, uh, they're just different aspects of the same phenomenon, which is an idea, an idea about a fixed set of rules, which we can all play by if we want to. Uh, and mm. that—that's the—the—the that, that, the, the saying "everything is good for Bitcoin" is really true in that sense, because an idea, an idea can propagate between human brains uh, without uh, any regard for the for the host.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The idea of suicidal bombing, for instance that that has managed to survive through generations even though that everyone who thought it was a good idea blew themselves up at some point <laughs> but the idea survives because because they 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 usually die in a spectacular way which other fanatics take note of mm-hmm. so the idea survives while while the suicidal bomber dies mm-hmm. and this is this is so uh, that that is can be uh, compared to the the stinger of a, a, a honeybee, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the honeybees die after using their stingers, mm-hmm. but, but the hive survives and therefore the gene that created the stinger, uh, the suicidal, the, the <laughs> what, kamikaze honeybee, uh, uh, that, that gene survives. Uh, but Bitcoin, uh, it not only does it not kill the host, it helps the host host mm. in a plethora of ways. Mm -hmm. So it's very good for the whole. So uh, as soon as the idea has taken root in your brain, you start becoming, you know, it's or or Robert Breedlove. You start falling down the rabbit hole. You start Mm -hmm. talking about it all the time. You start like, uh, you become an advertising machine for it, whether you want (laughs) to or not, because you find it awesome. Of course you do, Mm -hmm. because you you understand it to some extent and you're excited. Uh, And I think in the future... Not only will uh, b- Bitcoin help us survive, but, or will we help a Bitcoin survive, but we couldn't survive without it in the future. Mm-hmm. We will have to we will have to uh, accept nothing but Bitcoin as payment for stuff because we will everyone will know that this is the only thing that, that matters. Uh, if, if you're getting paid for for anything this is what this is the only true representation of human time this is what I want as payment otherwise uh, uh, whatever I do is just going to the pockets of, of some it gets it's it gets funneled into the hands of the elite and I don't want that I want to mm-hmm. to, to be able to store it mm-hmm. get the interest on it because technology gets better and better anyway
0: um, yeah it's almost like it being this organ, digital organism or whatever we want to call it, a new form of life, it actually is contributing to the cohesion of humanity as a single organism, right? Like yeah. we've been struggling amongst ourselves. We have like today, we're all, the earth is divided by all these imaginary lines we call nations. And, you know, some, the U S is imperializing others. We're fighting amongst ourselves, politics and violence and fiat pervade, but, The great promise of Bitcoin is to provide kind of a unifying force beneath all of that, right? Where we can all just agree to a standard of value that's equitable and fair to all. It's rooted in work, right? So it it shifts all of the human incentives towards making wealth versus taking wealth. Yeah, and so there, it's like you know, it. The promise of it, at least, is that it could bring maybe not world peace that sounds too utopian but it can make us more peaceful on balance right
1: yeah it yeah and in the process it takes away the profitability of violence as as we discussed before so so that's um i really do believe that it can bring world peace at least on a large enough time scale if you zoom Mm. out long enough that's where the vectors point uh point to so um Yeah. Back to the the life form thing. Um, Imagine uh, that a part of your Bitcoin or all of your Bitcoin, they're they're stored in a seed phrase in your head. You've memorized your 24 words. If you die with those 24 words, those Bitcoins are lost forever. The chances that someone else finds the key is uh, so small that it can be disregarded like mm-hmm. it's like finding a, a a needle in the andromeda galaxy mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you don't have enough time to look for it. so so you th- your bitcoins die with you <laughs> if 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 they even if you've stored the like if you have them on a hardware wallet that only you know where it is and it's really ve- well hidden that will deteriorate over time and disappear so your bitcoins can really die with you can take them with you when you die Uh, And in that sense, they are truly you. You are your Bitcoin in that sense. Mm -hmm. If if you memorize your seed phrase and if they exist nowhere else than in your brain, you are your Bitcoin. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: There's no there's no uh, way to distinguish you from your Bitcoin.
0: Right. Uh, And I. You are your own hardware wallet or meatware wallet. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but more than that, you are a specific, very specific, down to the decimal, to the hundred millionth decimal point, part of the Bitcoin network. You mm. are that part, mm. uh, and I find this so beautiful and so mind blowing. So I, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, I I I'm not done thinking about it. So I I don't know what, like I'm trying to think of what it means and what what it will lead to but it's it's hard man it's hard to but but it uh, i'm sure it will redefine everything and make us rethink everything about we, how we interact with each other and it's so much more profound than any but we've barely scratched the surface on this thing yeah it's a, imagine for for instance you know how Finney cryo-freezed his head right
0: Yep. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> imagine his frozen head, before he cryo cry it, that he memorized 24 words. I uh, know the BIP-39 thing wasn't implemented when he did. But anyway, let's say he memorized his entire private key. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and they resurrect him in 300 years. And he somehow remembers it after having been resurrected. Then we've erased the line. We have blurred out the line between life and death because we as human beings we are very good at you know categorizing stuff and putting it into neat little Mm -hmm. boxes Uh, that that might not be correct at all like what's how do you define life how do you define death Mm -hmm. how do you define anything really well we have to in order to be able to communicate and to Mm -hmm. to not get lost in lost in space right but Bitcoin is blurring out that line again because we might mm-hmm. have to redefine a couple of a couple of very basic notions about existence.
0: Right. No, I, I agree completely. And it's um, you know, back to this. This is what I'm thinking about a lot recently is useful fictions. Uh McKenna has this quote that all language is a lie, right? All lang- it's all a use, we're just arbitrarily assigning some common experience like uh, to the protocol of language so that we can communicate about things but the language itself is a lie like every word i use is not the thing it's um by association i don't don't believe (laughs) you so um yeah it seems like the crux you know so to call something alive or dead like the closest I feel my intuition is that the crux of this whole thing is related to entropy. You know, entropy is just such a new topic in, in the global human mind. Um, we, it's hard for me to intuit even what entropy is. Like, it, it's everywhere, it, it yeah. dictates the flow of time, That's it's related right. to information, and it's what we're fighting against. That's what life is, right? Anti Life is anti-entropic. That's what we are. That's what the market is. We're trying to export entropy, import energy, export entropy. And that seems to be like the closest definition to life, I think is just an open system that's taking in energy, self-organizing and exporting entropy.
1: This this is very interesting because there there are so many different views to have on, uh, like the physics definition of entropy is like, there's a theory that life forms exist be- not because they hinder entropy because be- but because they accelerate it mm-hmm. like <laughs> at one point in the grand scheme of things everything will will turn into lead and we will never see anything ever again because everything will be dark if you if mm-hmm. you point if you mm-hmm. t- take the from the big bang and forwards in time right. that's where everything seems to be headed and it's right. it's it's kind of a depressing thought but it's a couple of billion years yet, so we have time to think about it at least. Mm. Uh, but if you look at the grand, like the sum total of what life on Earth is doing, it's actually speeding up entropy uh, on a chemical level. Mm. But but this is the thing about entropy: it it, it all depends on uh, what scale you're using, and from like uh, a painting of a uh, of a bright blue sky might seem entropic on, on a certain scale, but mm. might seem like a beautiful blue sky on another. Mm. Well, uh, and there are so many fascinating things about entropy. And I, I'm starting to, I, I was reluctant to, to this idea to viewing Bitcoin as a shield against entropy before, but I'm I'm starting to like it a lot more mm. when you, when you think of it as like uh anti-entropy being life and like mm-hmm. Bitcoin helping us shield us against the inevitable destruction of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the many worlds theory is very interesting on this and that entropy might just be, uh, uh, w- what's left, uh, for, for our little timeline in the, or in the multiverse, uh, And it is the way it is because of the probability of the other, which is a reflection of how big those infinite numbers of universe I Mm -hmm. are. (laughs) Uh, But as I said before, I think I came to the realization that without entropy, there would be no free will Mm -hmm. because, because entropy is uh, if, if there was no entropy, the universe would be deterministic on all Mm -hmm. levels. We could like, everything would be predetermined and therefore they couldn't have been any free will so so uh, yeah that's
0: the that's the paradox maybe that i'm detecting is that life if life is just the open system that's importing energy and exporting entropy there's something else going on there because life needs a little bit of entropy right that's kind of what mutation is that's what free yeah. will is there's something it's, about this pure it, potential of chaos that's intrinsic to entropy that we need to be conscious almost yeah
1: we are entropy machines taking a crap in the morning is creating entropy you
0: know
1: yeah. we 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 leave a trail of entropy behind us all yeah. the time yes when every time we open our freezer we leave a trail of entropy behind right. us, you know. Right. Uh, but we're
0: also pushing back entropy through capital accumulation. You know, civilization yeah, a, really is the I, pushing I would, back of entropy.
1: On a certain level, yes, but not on a not on a uh, not atomic level, or mm. like uh, 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 <laughs> an iron atom does not care if it's in the if it exists in the Empire State Building or if it's in a mountain somewhere. Right. Uh, like that—that uh, that, that is also—it also has to do with how how we put things into neat little boxes and define things. Well, that, by, so that's a good point. Is
0: up. entropy then—is it subjective or objective, or is it perhaps transjective too? Because I know one, what Well, let's just leave it there. Like, what, what <laughs> is it? You know, because it's it's inherent to our experience of time, but it's also something formalized in. equations of thermodynamics that it's an objective reality independent of consciousness um i can't get my head around that is it subjective objective transjective
1: well it's a phenomenon we've observed uh, observed Mm -hmm. Uh, and in that sense like we have to draw a line between objective and subjective uh if we're going to discuss the two as two different realms at all Mm. uh and uh, like not not seeing the world as um, as the objective realm that would like cancel out all physics, mm-hmm. and that's obviously not very useful. Physics is very useful. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be able to have this conversation without physics, of course. Mm-hmm. So 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 all of these thinkers that came before. us, I mean, we're standing on the shoulders of giants here, aren't we? Right. And, and uh, Maxwell and his demon and entropy. Right.
0: Uh, well that's what i was going to bring up next is maxwell's demon uh, uh, makes entropy equivalent to uncertainty as i understand it which is really interesting because it's like okay that's uncertainty clearly is a subjective phenomenon right you're one person could be certain about a certain outcome or more certain well as they have a certain knowledge whereas someone else could be very uncertain
1: yeah but that's sort of the same dilemma there as with Information and data, because in mm-hmm. the to a physicist it's it's they are really the same thing uncertainty and 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 entropy like and uh, information is in a way the resolution of uncertainty
0: yes uh, the resolution of entropy yeah same thing yeah so uh, that's what I was trying to describe yeah. earlier I was saying like entropy for, when I say it's like the data of the universe is entropic and it f- flows from the sphere of the unknown into the known that is mm-hmm. when it becomes information because you're resolving yeah. entropy into a pattern basically
1: yeah that's very interesting yeah that, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah but All i right. can't i feel i don't know my <laughs> intuition is that it's the key right it's the key to maybe even solving the hard problem of consciousness itself but i cannot get my head around entropy it is a no it's a yeah
1: and i i think no, no one can really mm. and well, I think uh, it's it's one of the more interesting aspects of, of reality. Uh, but s- scarcity is the other concept that that Bitcoin really shed a light on or mm. illuminated the importance of, right? Uh, and how how that how that gives things value. Um, yeah. Uh, So Yeah, I don't really know where where to take that next. (laughs) You mentioned earlier,
0: this is another area I'd like to dig into a little bit. I know you said you've been reading a lot of Rothbard. And I read, you know, as you mentioned, the Hillebrand series we did together, which was on the ethics of liberty by Rothbard. It seems to me like he has perhaps, through the scope of private property, derived an ought from an is which is this classic, you know, I think problem posed yeah. by Hume originally, the same thing that Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris debate. Came yeah, into, yeah, yeah. Do it. yeah. Rothbard, if he hasn't done it, he's at least close. And the way I would articulate that is that the ought is to basically maximize individual freedom within the bounds of private property, right? Like that's what we, that's what we ought to be doing, essentially maximizing our own freedom and option and doing whatever we want so long as we don't violate the property of others. And then the is would be individual self-ownership, right? The thing from which property is derived.
1: Yeah, and this is, this is very interesting because this is one of the other parallels I draw between and why I say that praxeology can function as a, as a moral, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, something to base your morals around.
0: Almost like a scientific uh, religion. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly, and and Ayn Rand was onto this with yes. the objective objectivist yes. worldview, and I really right. like that because that's it, it's not so much an ought uh, in the sense that we should help each other. It's mm-hmm. it's an ego egocentric ought. Yes. Like if you want to reach your ends, you do it by acquiring certain means. Yes, and the best way. Uh, objectively speaking to acquire means is to interact peacefully with others. Yes. Not to try to take them by force because there's a game theory thing playing out there. The more people that do it voluntarily and trade, the 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 bigger the market grows and the the better the output for everyone. Every ship rises with the tide. Mm-hmm. So, so we all get to a, a shot at reaching our ends that it's uh Better than it would have been if we would have interacted violently with with each other,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I would say that you can draw an ought from an is there, and you can base your morals around that, around the notion that you believe that other conscious beings function in the same way that you do. Basically, they have to mm-hmm. assign value before they act. Right. That's simple. That's simple. Uh, axiom Mm -hmm. that you have to you have to evaluate first and act later Mm -hmm. that you can really base your entire life around that if you just allow yourself to think it through and see where where the vectors point
0: yeah yeah i I like what you said there that it's there's this egocentric Action you can take really, which is just serving your own self-interest, but as long as it's done within the boundaries of private property, it's actually aligned to the interests of the collective. Right? Exactly. Because if I'm trying to, because what if I'm serving my own interests through innovating or or harvesting some kind of wealth or energy? Well, if I figure something out, then all of a sudden I have an incentive again, egocentric incentive to now sell that lesson into the marketplace. And then that informs everyone. So everyone benefits from my discovery as a result of me just following my own egocentric position. So long as I have the limiting principle of private property, otherwise that egocentric impulse can be taken beyond the bound of private property, person and property of others. And that's when things get bad, because what are you doing? Like if you, if you inflict violence or you violate someone else's property well, you're introducing entropy into the intersubjective yeah, yeah, fabric, exactly. right? All of a sudden, yeah. it's like we had this protocol. And- you violated the protocol. Now the whole thing, the whole imagined order we've created for ourselves is at risk. You know, it, it's not, It's there's no structural integrity.
1: Exactly. And uh, egocentric has such a negative ring to it. I would mm. say that like you're not being egocentric, you're being more assertive because you, mm-hmm. you you allow yourself to 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 demand to get paid for for a service and, mm-hmm. and that's not egocentric that's just that that's just the proper way to interact with other people uh, like <laughs> it's it's not a violent way in by any by any means and and like it should be in your own self interest to not cause others harm Mm-hmm. because that in itself causes harm to you. There's something yep. called mirror neurons. Did you mm-hmm. hear about them? They've yes. observed uh, behaviors in monkeys and stuff that mm-hmm. the, uh, they can see that the neurons fire uh, in one brain and they fire up in the other brain at yep. the same time, and they, they uh, uh, mimic each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, that that might be a, a huge part of uh, uh, empathy. Yes. and why we have compassion and empathy and and uh, that harming others is actually physically harming yourself right you're supposed to feel bad if you beat someone up and yes. you're supposed to pe- right. feel bad if you take their things and you're especially f- supposed to feel bad if you kill them so yes. uh, so so this is doing those things uh is not good for you right and and we can see this in in uh like, do you think Hitler was a very happy person at the uh, at the during the last years of the war? Of right. course not.
0: Of course not. He yeah.
1: he had. Uh, <laughs> He's in I hell. Mean, yeah, he was yeah. in hell, uh, yeah. and and uh, it made him do atrocious things. But yeah. I think he was <laughs> a victim of his own mind uh, to. Uh, the same extent as all these other victims and like it's not good for the perpetrator that's that's what i'm 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 saying crime is is bad for everyone
0: absolutely Uh, and and
1: how, how do we how do we remove it from the equation we introduce something that reduces our incentive to use violence yes and that's what bitcoin is
0: yeah you make it economically less feasible that's the only way to get rid of crime. Like you can't, yeah. you can do the moral crusade and you can talk about it, but if there's a yeah. carrot, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's going to do yeah. it. Someone's always going to action. Do it. Action always speaks louder than words. Right. And this, this is so crucial because there's uh with Bitcoin that the pen is literally more might, mightier than the sword. The mm-hmm. pen is literally what mightier than the sword because information is, is more powerful uh than, than violence mm-hmm. in Bitcoin. Right. The information about the thing is the thing. The, yeah. the knowing about it is owning it. Right. So, so we've turned something, this is back to the informational element.
2: Mm.
1: We now have a thing that is strictly informational. It's not a rock. You can use a gold mm-hmm. bar to, uh, to inflict harm on another right. person. You can bash his head in with a gold bar. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that with Bitcoin because it's just information. Mm-hmm. you you interact with it through speech and through trading information yeah. uh, and trading is information that All like right. back to this there's there's something here it's purely there,
0: volitional something. right there's no oh volitional there's no, involu- like there's no involuntary <laughs> element to it
1: yeah volitional i have to i have to write that down because that's <laughs> going into the book
0: happy to help <laughs> I want to echo something you said earlier too, where egocentric has a bad connotation. But I should add here, like it does not preclude selfless behavior. Like egocentric does not mean I can't go start a charity, right? Or go nope. go perform so act some act of altruism. No. So long as it's done freely, that fits perfectly within the uh the private property, uh, I guess moral framework, moral and practical framework that Rothbard lays out yeah
1: this ties into to praxeology perfectly because like uh, uh, ra- being rational in in praxe- uh, in the praxeology logical sense of the word is not being morally correct or anything it's mm. just acting in a certain way right. uh, voluntarily to acquire some end it's right. it's being so so there's a semantics thing there too uh, mm. i mean
0: uh, yeah yeah it's really interesting. Um, I found myself too, just the Hillebrand series and reading that book really, I think Rothbard's views have not been assimilated into global consciousness at all. Like, I guess you no, can no. say something even larger, like we, humanity has a blind spot when it comes to praxeology overall, Yeah, that, right? definitely. Like it's it's just the word, even the word, like if you don't have I didn't know the word until I got into Bitcoin. No. you put it,
1: so, you put it in an excellent way in another pod we did, and you said, yeah. uh, "Praxeology is to the subjective what mathematics is to the objective." Yeah, and I uh, yeah. oh, that's beautiful, <laughs> Thank uh, and uh, because it really is, it's the great missing school subject. Yeah, and no wonder because look at who's financing all the schools. Right. I mean, praxeology. No single entity can gain from praxeology being taught anywhere right so so there's no incentive t- for anyone to teach praxeology to anyone else there is an incentive to teach some an engineer mathematics if you want right. to put an engineer somewhere in society and build a bridge you right. need to teach him you, you need to teach him mathematics first right but there, there's no real incentive for any leader of any sort to to teach praxeology to others
0: does bitcoin uh, fix that too Because I guess that's what we're doing right now, right?
1: It does. And that's the beautiful thing because all of a, all of a sudden we can put aside our egos and we can think about the greater good because we have the time and the means to do that, which we didn't have before when we were stuck in the hamster's wheel and the hamster was dead, but the wheel was keeping on spinning and spinning and spinning. Uh, I mean, the hamster was dead inside, but the wheel kept on spinning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so this is the beautiful thing. We're, we're, through, through the discovery of Bitcoin, we, so many of us are discovering Praxeology and Rothbard uh, mm-hmm. uh, and all of these guys. Uh, and we're spreading the word about that. And there's so much profound stuff in that. I mean, Rothbard's The Ethics of Liberty, I think it scares a lot of people away because it says some harsh things about mm-hmm. a fetus being a, a parasite on the mother right. and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> it uses wording that is not, there, there are no filters on it. He's yeah. just laying it out there as it is, yeah. with no the, the, <laughs>
0: <laughs> through the lens of property.
1: Through the lens of property, and it's it is the proper way of. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: proper. Yeah.
1: Read re, that. Yeah, the proper way to look at property. Yeah. Uh, uh, as as we say, uh, if I raise my arm, I'm the one that did that, so my arm is of my course. property. Yes. If if you say that it isn't. You are using your vocal cords to say that it isn't, and that's your property. Your vocal cord is your property. So, like, there's and everything we make with our hands, everything we put together, is a product of our body, which are is our property, and that's where morals should stem from. And it's back to the schoolyard again. This is so basic. Don't kill each other. Don't hurt each other. Don't take each other's stuff.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we need to grow up as a species, effectively. And then I would, I would point out yeah. here too, this is a hard one. The, that is the essence of fiat. When someone attempts to make the patterns that they generate with their vocal cords uh, as a substitute for movement of your left arm, like I, yeah. fiat, <laughs> exactly. I want to be able to say something and have your action take place. That is so, it contradicts reality so blatantly and obviously it's like when and i've had arguments with people about this they're like yeah i don't believe in that self ownership that individual self ownership i'm like are you fucking kidding me like you're actually sitting here owning yourself posing an argument against individual yeah. self ownership yeah. your argument against individual self ownership yeah, yeah. is an expression it, of your individual self ownership it's
1: oxymoronic it on no so sense. many levels yeah. yeah
0: that's it's like the word free trade agreement
1: right it's, it's oxy, <laughs> oxymoronic to its core like and and this is the thing but i i hope that bitcoin does with others what it has done to me and what it has done to you because i i mean no. i think both you and i had uh different views of reality before bitcoin than we we do absolutely and we've not yeah and we've not like i mean we've come to similar conclusions but we've done it from very different angles and like mm-hmm. this is happening to so many of us now and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's so great to see this community grow and uh, uh yeah I, I i i just wish that more people saw like because there are many thinkers uh, yeah. many of them have been on this show and they they all have very interesting ideas about stuff but it's like they're they have a blind spot to bitcoin they they haven't yet mm-hmm. they haven't yet seen this thing yeah and seen it for what it is and seen it how how like just you don't even have to believe in it you just or, or think that it works so you, you can think that Bitcoin will go to zero at some point but mm-hmm. just just allow yourself to think if this thing works as advertised, what does that imply right so that that's yeah. that's the thing if this re- truly is rules without rulers mm-hmm. what does that imply if if we have an absolutely scarce element zero mm-hmm. that is teleportable mm-hmm. uh, indestructible no. you know all this stuff
0: property independent of state that?
1: yeah yeah independent of everything yeah. uh, property that is in the informational true intellectual property the first intellectual property that
0: is actually a property (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's a great point and i just i mean that's the namesake of the show what is money because i feel like if you just ask that question seriously yeah like if you really take it seriously and just keep asking the question until you like I haven't figured it out, right? Do the damn show on it. I've been thinking about Bitcoin nonstop for five years. I can't give you one clean answer for what is money. I could go. I could just lean on the Austrian answer, universal medium of exchange, but it's a lot of things, right? And it unwraps a lot of, or uncovers a lot of rabbit holes. I really believe anyone that asks themselves that question, they they do end up in the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And then my bet, I guess, is that it will be similarly transformative for people as it has been for me and you and others. uh,
1: We've asked ourselves, what is entropy in in (laughs) this, in this episode as well. Uh, Another question I'd like to pose is what is energy? Mm. Uh, Because like you can, uh, I think in a way, Bitcoin is much more akin to energy because all the, all the, Types of money that preceded Bitcoin. Uh, none of them were absolutely scarce. None of them mm. had these amazing properties that mm. that Bitcoin does. Uh, so, so I think in a way it's degrading to Bitcoin to call it money, mm. because by money we mean something inferior to it
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, by the definition of the word. Because we've never seen anything that is absolutely scarce and like we've never had a like a way of converting electrical energy into subjective energy if you will Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) the um, the ability to store electrical energy convert it into another form it's not kinetic energy it's not it's uh, mathematical energy or Mm -hmm. digital uh,
0: energy something i
1: i I hate the word digital but Mm -hmm. mathematical energy let's call it that but uh and you can store it uh, uh and send it through time and space without mm-hmm. loss mm-hmm. other t- like fiat money is good for sending across space mm-hmm. uh, uh that's why it took over the world right. and gold was good for storing value over time mm-hmm. that's why it got hoarded by supervillains in mm-hmm. vaults and, mm-hmm. and stuff. so <laughs> uh but bitcoin does both and yeah. electricity electricity is a uh it's it's good at neither Uh, you 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 can't send it across vast distances Mm -hmm. without a a loss of it right and you and you can't store it in batteries without the loss of it batteries are still crap compared Mm -hmm. to bitcoin because bitcoin can store it through space and time uh, and you don't even need that much bandwidth Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you need a, a very limited bitcoin uh, internet connection and you can use bitcoin ev- everywhere and uh, yeah. it's it's not going away uh, it, it it is there it's an emergent phenomenon like i said every aspect every every single uh, aspect of it, it fuels its success as the other aspect of it and it's just yeah. happening at every level of society everywhere like nation states are adopting it big corporations mm-hmm. are adopting it and most of all normal people are adopting it. they're seeing that they can now play the same game as every other entity right. in the human race yeah. there's no there's no us versus them anymore we're all the same right. and it's just yeah I, no, I, it's it's well said I sound I, like an evangelist
0: <laughs> <laughs> well we i think we are i said the same thing in a different way that i think the emergence of Bitcoin is teaching us one of two things and it's either that money is way more important than we ever thought it was. Like the fact that corrupt money has just been a real bane for humanity or Bitcoin is way more than money. Right. Yeah. Maybe I don't know which one it is really. So no,
1: that's a good way of putting it. But I think
0: the key, you know, again, the, the, the gateway to walk through is like, if you just ask what is money, you end up in the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And that's when you discover all these other weird questions. Like what is energy? What is entropy? What is value? What is government? (laughs) Um, Look, What what the hell is a brunch? (laughs) (laughs) What is brunch? This has been awesome. Um, We'll do it again. Could you please let my audience know where they can find out more about you or your work?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, my main channel is uh, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Knut Swanholm, uh, And uh, I have a Patreon these days. Uh, uh, I've never used it before, but since I'm doing Bitcoin full time, I'm trying out different things. Mm-hmm. My books, you can find my books on Amazon. Uh uh, sovereignty through mathematics and independence reimagined. They're also translated into a couple of other languages, which you can find either on Amazon or through uh, Consensus Network or mm. uh, Apricot Media, uh, which are two Bitcoin publishing houses in uh, Finland and Germany, which are very, very interesting companies. <laughs> Looking mm. forward to working a lot more with them. Uh, maybe you know a couple of those guys, Robert, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, that's a big space. Uh, yeah, and what more? I have a Telegram channel. Um, uh, haven't got a, well, I have a YouTube channel, but I never use it. I'm thinking of starting a pod after, after finishing this book. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. If you follow me on Twitter, of course, I'm on Mastodon as well as every other Bitcoiner, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is sort of, where we're all going to migrate if if Twitter fails and now (laughs) that Jack left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's basically it.
0: Uh, Awesome. Well, Search
1: search for my name and you'll find the stuff. Uh, Yeah, I should mention the videos we made. I made some videos with Guy Swan and Yoni Appleberg. One of them is called Everything Divided by 21 Million. Another is about the separation of, of money and state, which was an article I wrote for Bitcoin Magazine. And that had uh, quite a few. Uh, I, I think it's three different animated iterations of it. Um, mm. And that's the one I'm proud of. Um, and there's one on shitcoins coins and bitcoins and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so Yoni Appleberg's YouTube channel, check that out as well. He makes excellent little animations. Awesome. Uh, of Bitcoin stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing this, Canute. We will link to your twitter and some of these other pages in the show notes and we'll do this again soon
1: and subscribe to settle 21 magazine yeah. Mm. <laughs> and right. yeah i should chill a lot of other stuff too <laughs> yeah right. you know where to find the stuff yeah. all right thank you robert i enjoyed this lot.